after forging an alliance with the orc warleader Kagak, Sir Iskander Vilquest sets out to return the warleader to his camp and discover the whereabouts of the demon army. Little do they know, the orc camp has already been raided. Survivors meet them on the road, and Kagak leaves to gather what remains of his tribe. Iskander returns to Samoria with the news. The demon army has arrived. Battle is at hand. Welcome back to Errant Adventures. As always, I'm your game master and solo player, Steve Morrison. Today, we finish our special bonus series with the Illrigger, Iskander Vilquist. The demon army of Galdorath approaches, and Iskander has little time to prepare. Can the armies of the Dagaran Empire win the day? Find out on Episode 3, Shadows and Dust. After parting with Kagak, the orc warleader, Iskander is going to turn around and head back towards Samoria now that he has information on the, the relative proximity of the demon army. Our first scene is going to be a return to Samoria. And we have a chaos factor of six, and I'm going to roll my d10 to see if this scene is changed or altered in any way. I rolled a seven on the d10, which is above our chaos factor, so the scene plays out as expected. If that had been altered, I had an idea for that, but it does not appear that the demon armies are going to catch up with Iskander before he can make it back to Samoria. So the... Scene that we see is Iskander and the scouts that he was riding with are riding hard back to Samoria. The horse's hooves are pounding their way down the road back towards the city, and we can see the army again laid out on the fields outside of Samoria as they are continuing to drill and prepare. Although I think because General Varness has received this intelligence that there is an army that is closer than they originally thought, even if they didn't realize that it was as close as the army is, he is starting to get his own army gathered up and prepared to move out and at least be ready in case they need to defend the city or head out and face them in the field. So Iskander and scouts return, and they are going to go to the general's tent, and Iskander enters the tent where the general is conducting business, and he looks up and says, Sir Vilquist, you've returned already. And Iskander nods and says, Yes, general, I have. While we were on the road, Kagak and I... We came across some of his tribespeople. 
They were battered and broken. They had been set upon by the demon army. General, the army is close. Within a day, at least, they will be to Samoria. And General Varness stands very deliberately and says, We always knew this was a possibility. Very well. I will have the army gather. We will march at dawn. And he is going to set about giving orders and sending people to start marshalling the army. And it's going to send out other scouts as a perimeter, pushing them a little bit further than what they normally would scout around the outskirts of Samoria so that they have advanced warning just in case the army arrives sooner. And he turns to Iskander and says, Sir Vilquist, will you be joining us in this battle? And Iskander says, My lord, it is what I was sent to do. The general replies, Very good. Get some rest, and you may ride with me when we set forth. Iskander nods and then says, My lord, you know my skill set. Do not be afraid to place me where the fighting is hardest. I have no fear of these demons, and it is my duty to be a talon in the claw of the emperor. If it is so necessary, I will stand on the front line, and I will cut our foes down. The general nods and says, That is good to hear. I will consider your assignment. And Iskander is going to nod once more, turn, and then leave, and he's going to find accommodations to go rest. So the question is... Will Iskander be able to get a full rest before the demon army arrives? Are they proceeding fast enough that they are going to reach the city earlier than his estimation? So let's go ahead and roll on the fate chart. And I've got a chaos rank of six for this. I'm going to say it is 50-50 whether or not the demon army will arrive during the night. It would befit them if they did. So with a chaos rank of 6, 50-50 on will the army arrive before they expect. 41, which is a yes on the fate chart. So yes, the demon army arrives in the night. That doesn't necessarily mean that Iskander isn't going to be able to get a full rest, because I think it's still early enough in the day that if he immediately goes to rest, he will be able to get his full rest. But I don't know if he's going to do that. So let's ask the fate chart that more specific question. Now that we know that the demon army will arrive in the night, and this is going to become more of a defensive action as opposed to a straight-up battle between these two armies, Let's ask, will Iskander get a full night's rest before the demon army arrives? And I'm going to say it is unlikely that he will. So again, chaos rank of six, 47. That is a yes on the fate chart. Just barely. He almost missed it. So yes, he is going to be able to get a full night's rest before the demon army arrives. So he basically leaves the general's tent and immediately goes to rest. I think he is probably experienced enough as a warrior that he knows that he needs to get the rest when he can 
because they don't actually know how quickly this demon army is approaching. So with that in mind, Iskander is going to go ahead and go back up to full hit points. He's going to get all of his seals back. He's going to get his invoke authority back, which is great because honestly, he had already used up most of his tricks. While it might have been more dramatic, it certainly would have been a lot more difficult. So I think that concludes this first scene of this episode as Iskander goes into his tent and takes off his armor and goes to sleep and rests. Now we're going to move into the next scene and I am going to go ahead and increase the chaos factor since the next scene is going to be the demon army arrives in the night. So we are going to go ahead and roll our d10 to see how this goes. A two, which is underneath our chaos factor of seven, and it is an even, which means it is an interrupt scene. So the scene changes. So this happens before the demon army actually arrives. So let's go ahead and roll on the event focus to see what it is. 96, which is NPC positive. Ooh, okay. Uh, So I think what this scene represents is Iskander wakes up and he is fully refreshed. He dons his armor. He sharpens his greatsword and he is going to step outside of his tent And as he does so, he hears a commotion in the distance. And as he is going to see what this commotion is, there are a number of orcs that are approaching the army lines. And in the lead is Kagak. So Kagak, war leader, is approaching, and let's find out if he knows that the demon army is closer than he originally expected. So we're going to ask the fate chart. It is going to be, I'm going to say, unlikely that he knows what the passage of the demon army is, because I think he has been farther afield from where the demon army was approaching. But uh, we're going to say it's unlikely. We're going to roll on the fate chart. We got a chaos rank of seven. Six, which is an exceptional yes. So not only does he know that they are coming, he knows exactly when they're going to arrive. And I think as he is approaching with his forces, and Iskander steps out from beyond the battle lines. And sees him and kind of nods to him. Kagak says, Sir Vilquist, it is good to see you this night. I bring tidings. And Iskander says, Were you able to find all of your tribesmen? And Kagak replies, I was able to find enough. I have brought my warriors to join you in glorious battle. The demon army approaches even this night. They will be here shortly. And Iskander turns to one of the other soldiers and says, Pass that message along to the general. We must prepare. The demons come tonight. And the soldier runs off, and then he is going to turn back to Kagak and say, 
I am glad you are here, War Leader Kagak. It will be an honor to fight alongside you this night. And I think that is the end of the scene. So I'm going to rename that scene as Orc Reinforcements Arrive. That may have been more of a PC positive than an NPC positive, but I like to think that Kagak was able to find most of his people alive, and so his tribe is safe, sequestered somewhere away from where this battle is going to take place, because that'll make me feel better. So we're going to move on to our next scene, which is now (laughs) the demons arrive. But I think because the army knows that they're coming, the army is going to attempt to set an ambush. So they are going to draw up battle lines, and then they are going to send some forces out to lie in wait for the army to approach so that they can try to outflank this demon army. And I think it makes sense that Iskander is probably in charge of one of those flanks that they are going out and around and hiding and probably has the orc contingent with him since they are, in a way, beholden to him. We're going to call this scene uh, Iskander and his forces prepare an ambush. And I am actually going to set the chaos rank down to six again because of this warning that they received from Kagak. They had a little bit more control. So now that we have set our next scene, let's go ahead and roll our d10 to see how the scene plays out. Once again, I got a seven, which is above the chaos factor of six. So the scene is going to play out as expected. So Iskander and the orcs go off on the right flank after having this meeting with the general. The basic battle plan is that the army is going to set up on the field out in front of Samoria, awaiting the approach of this army, and then the orcs and Iskander are going to go off on the right flank, and I think probably Safara and some other sort of scouts and skirmishers are going to go off on the left flank, and when the battle is joined, those two flanks are going to then pincher in and try to cause confusion and disrupt the enemy battle lines. So that's the basic structure of the, uh, the, the combat. And Iskander with his orcs are able to move around into this copse of trees that is off to the right of where the field is. And they are crouching down, they're lying in wait. It's Iskander. I think he has a couple of human soldiers with him, a couple dragonborn soldiers with him, and then the orc forces with war leader Kagak and the rest of the battle-hardened orc warriors. And they are lying in wait while the army is approaching. And I think as they're waiting, we need to determine how well they're able to create this ambush Is there a chance that they're going to run into some demon army skirmishers as the army is approaching? So I think we can go ahead and roll a stealth check for Iskander. And I think because of the cover of darkness and because of this advanced knowledge, I'm going to actually give him advantage on this, which is great. Because he is wearing heavy armor, and he has disadvantage on that. So it's just going to be a straight-up die roll. 
plus one for his dexterity. So here we go. Not bad. 16 is the total. That is going to represent how well their forces are hidden. So are there advanced scouts or skirmishers that might be probing ahead of the army as it's approaching? Let's ask the fate chart. I think it is likely that there is some sort of advanced scout. Our chaos rank is 6. 30? Yes. Yes, there is. So as they are in hiding, Kagak rests a hand on Iskander's shoulder and gestures with his great axe. And Iskander, being a human, and it's dark out, has to squint a little bit. And is there moonlight tonight? Because this is going to be important for the battle. Let's call it 50-50. 58 on the cast rank of 6 is a yes. So yes, there is moonlight. So Iskander can, now that his eyes have acclimated to the dark... Uh, With this moonlight, he can see these shapes that are moving in the distance, and they are slinking forward, approaching, and they are drawing close to the copse of trees. I think because of the same reason that Iskander and his group decided to set up their ambush here, because it looks like a good place to hide. And so these scouts are approaching, and... Iskander and company have hidden, but now we need to find out if the scouts from the demon army have a higher perception than the cumulative stealth score of the assembled Dagaran forces. So we're going to go ahead and roll a perception check for those guys. No, they do not see them with a six. They come blundering into this copse of trees where this ambush is prepared, and they are going to be surprised when a group of orc raiders and humans and dragonborn soldiers rise up and attempt to strike them down quickly and quietly. So we are going to go ahead and roll for initiative here. And once again, I'll be using the retainer rules and Kagak is going to be the retainer. He is a warlord retainer. And he is going to fight alongside Iskander. So I'm going to roll for initiative for them first, and then I'll roll for initiative for the bad guys. Iskander is going to start off the initiative with a 7, which is not great, but uh, sticking with his usual excellence. And then Kagak is going to be at a 17. That's pretty good. And then for our enemies here, we've got a 7 and a 15, as there is one Dretch and there are three humanoid scouts. There's one Tiefling and a couple humans in this scouting party. So we're going to go ahead and start off at the top of the initiative order, as there is a large group of the skirmishers who are approaching And Kagak and Iskander are basically taking care of four of them, while the rest of them are being taken care of by the rest of their forces. So the Dretch is kind of out in front, snuffling along and slavering and looking around and like (laughs) into the air. And Kagak, with the initiative, is going to step out and bring his axe down very, very hard 
on that dredge. And he is a warlord. I'm going to go ahead and roll the attack. Now, because I'm using the retainer rules rather than the orc chieftain rules that I used when we had the battle, some of these numbers are going to be a little bit different, but makes my life easier to just use the retainer. So we're going to go ahead and roll this attack for Kagak. A 20 is definitely going to hit this poor little dretch, and it's a d12 plus 4 damage. So that's going to be 11 points of damage right up front. And it doesn't look like the dretch has any sort of damage immunities or damage resistance to this slashing damage. So he is going to bring this great axe down and is going to strike for 11 points of damage and the dretch goes and then it is going to be the scout's turn as they react. They are going to draw a bead on Kagak and all three are going to take shots. So the first gets two shots with their bow. Both are going to miss Kagak. The next one is going to take two shots at Iskander. Oh boy. One is a crit with a natural 20, and the other is going to hit as well with a 23. So the first one is 2d8s worth of damage, 12 points of damage, and then the second one is going to be 7 points of damage. So that's 19 points of total damage to poor Iskander, who's just minding his own business here, as he takes two arrows into his armor. And then the third is going to attack Kagak once more. And is going to roll 11s on both of the dice, so both of those are going to miss Kagak. Ah, poor Iskander taking the brunt of the damage. All right, that is it for the scouts as they kind of spread out a little bit as this battle has erupted around them. They're trying to be relatively quiet. And so Iskander is going to charge over at one of these scouts and is going to approach with his greatsword. He's going to cast a baleful interdict with his bonus action to place a seal on one of these scouts and then is going to make his attack with his greatsword. So he is going to swing and a 17 is going to be a hit on this scout and that is going to be 2d6 worth of damage plus he is going to go ahead and consume that seal. So that'll be 4d6 worth of damage. 10, 14, 18, 23 points of damage is enough to cleave that first scout down. As he just walks up, shunk, and the scout goes down with a gurgle. And again, some of that like ash and essence goes up into his nose. And Iskander is going to regain 4 hit points. I'll take him back to 35. He has just enough movement to get next to one of the other scouts. And he is going to swing his greatsword for a second time. Definitely going to hit again with a 19. And is going to deal 11 points of damage. Which is not quite enough to kill the second scout. But certainly puts a big dent in their life. It is the Dretch's turn. 
The Dretch is going to charge forward at Kagak and is going to make two attacks, one with its bite and one with its claws. Both of these are at plus two. We got a nat one on one of those, so that's definitely a miss, and then a 13 on the other one. So it lumbers forward, tries to bite at him and claw at him, but the war leader is able to back off a little bit and laughs. <laughs> no such luck from you, little demon. And it is back to the top, and it is Kagak's turn. So he is going to swing away with his great axe, and he crits. Of course he does. Nat 20 on the dretch. And I'm pretty sure this is just going to flat out kill this Dretch as it's 2d12 plus 4 damage. 10, 14 points of damage is more than enough to strike the Dretch in half as he brings the axe blade down and literally bisects this Dretch and it falls to either side. And then he is going to move to engage with the third scout, the one that Iskander is not engaged with. It is now the scout's turn. So scout number two, the scout that is facing off against Iskander, is going to drop his bow. This is the tiefling, I think, and is going to draw forth his sword and is going to attempt to strike twice with his short sword. A nat 1, which is going to miss, and then a 10, which is also going to miss as Iskander parries the blows with his greatsword and then smiles this vicious smile and says, Your life ends here, tiefling. And uh, before that happens, it is the other scout's turn who is going to do the same thing. Drop his bow and attempt to stab Kagak twice. One of those is going to hit with a 23. The other one misses with an 8. So the one that hits is going to deal 1d6 plus 2 damage, but because Kagak is a retainer, he is going to go ahead and just have to roll a constitution check. This should be super easy for him. Oh yeah, he crushes it. 23. So he takes the blow, but it glances off some of his armor, and he just laughs in the face of this scout. Now it is Iskander's turn once more. He is going to strike away at this scout ahead of him with his greatsword. And a 22 is going to hit. So that is going to be 2d6 plus 5 damage. Ooh, boxcars on the d6. So that is 17 points of damage, which ends the other scout's life. And as he falls to the ground, Iskander steps over him and is going to make his way over to the final scout and attack with his final greatsword attack. 17 will hit for another 2d6 plus 5 worth of damage. That's going to be 9 points of damage on this scout who is now looking pretty frightened. He would think about running... But it is Kagak's turn, and Kagak is going to take up his great axe and is going to swing for the fences. Oh, but he's going to miss. So Kagak swings, but the scout ducks underneath the swing, and then he knows that he's in trouble, and he is going to try and run for it. If he tries to disengage and move, he's going to end up just being within range anyways, 
So he is going to risk the opportunity attacks and is going to run for it. So we're going to roll both of those opportunity attacks right here. Both are going to hit as Kagak got a 17 and Iskander got another 22. This is going to be overkill, but we're going to roll the dice just to find out how much overkill it is. So seven points of damage from Kagak and another boxcar from Iskander as he gets 12, 17 points of damage as the scout tries to run away. They both bury their weapons in the enemy's back and the last scout falls. Now, what are the odds that the rest of the group were able to defeat all the rest of the scouts so that none could escape? I think it is very likely that they were able to kill all of the other scouts. So we're going to go ahead and roll against our chaos rank of 6. 96. And I said it was very likely... Which is a no. No, they were not able to kill all of the scouts. And so one or two escape and are able to return to the Geldareth army and alert them that there is an ambush waiting in the copse of trees. So the demon army comes on and now knows that Iskander and his forces are there. So they are not going to be able to ambush in the same way that uh, they were planning to. And I think that's a great place to end the scene as the Galdarath army is now approaching and they have torches and there is fire all around them as they're approaching. And Kagak says, Unfortunately, some escaped, and we were not able to stop them. Iskander says, It will not matter. I believe the other ambush point remains intact. Certainly they will be expecting to be flanked, but it should not matter. We will strike them hard and true. And he is going to gather up the orc forces and his own forces, and they are going to prepare for battle. So we're going to go ahead and up the chaos factor to seven again, because that definitely didn't go the way that they were hoping it was going to go. And uh, we are going to go ahead and set the next scene, which is the battle begins. And we need to roll our D10 to see how this goes. Nine. Okay, so we rolled above our chaos factor of seven, which means it is not an altered or interrupted scene. The scene happens exactly as we expect, and so we are ready as we see these forces approaching, and there is this fairly sizable army of humanoids mostly. There are definitely some demons in their mix, these massive creatures with multi-jointed arms, and they are lumbering ahead and there is fire all around the forces of Degara have lit their torches and are standing ready to defend the city of Samoria against the invading Galdarath army the battle is joined the lines meet and a massive melee 
begins. I think Iskander and Kagak, knowing that they are not going to be able to ambush the enemy in the same way, their forces are engaged by a contingent of the Galdorathi soldiers. I think their goal is to try and cut their way through the enemy and reach the commander, the general of this army, and strike them down. Iskander is a very straightforward sort of warrior. So let's go ahead and see, instead of rolling out a bunch of battle you know, initiatives for the fight against this group, let's just ask the fate chart how it goes. Are Iskander and Kagak able to lead their forces to victory against this particular wing of the battle? And are they able to break through the lines? So I think it's 50-50. We've got a chaos rank of 7. 69. Oh yeah, they're able to break through the ranks. And they are able to push into the actual like back ranks of the Galdoroth army. And I think partially why they're able to do this is because Safara and her team were able to outflank, even though the enemy knew that there was the possibility of this ambush, they were able to surprise the other side. And so the commander shifted some of those forces to reinforce that area. And Iskander and Kagak were able to fight their way past the Galdorath battalion that was holding the flank that they were fighting on. And so they are cutting their way to the heart of this Galdorathi army where their commander waits. And I think their commander is a shadow demon. And he is guarded by two tiefling guards. And as Iskander and Kagak break through the battle lines. Their soldiers are holding back the onslaught of demons as they are making their way to the center of this battlefield where the shadow demon is holding court. They are going to approach with weapons ready. I want to make sure also to highlight the fact that Iskander has been healed back to his maximum hit points. Even though none of these characters are spellcasters, there is magic in this world, and they definitely would have had some healers with them in their ambush group. And so they were able to administer some healing. So Iskander is back to full hit points because he's going to need it for this battle. He has used one of his seals, but other than that, he is good to go on everything else. And uh, they are going to face off against this shadow demon and its two guards. Now, uh, because Safari's group was attacking from the other side, I think it is likely that Safara is going to be a part of this battle. So our chaos factor is seven. Here we go. 84, which is just barely a yes, that Safara is going to be a part of this battle. So as we are beginning this battle against the general of the Galdoroth army, 
Iskander and Kagak are on one side of the battlefield facing off against the two guards and the shadow demon. And Safara appears on the other side of the battlefield. Her forces have opened a passageway for her to enter this part of the battlefield. Her copper dragonborn scales are covered in blood and she has her bow at the ready. And they are going to go ahead and roll for initiative. So I'm going to roll for the good guys first and then roll for the rest. Not great rolls from anybody. So we've got Iskander starting at a 7 again. We have Kagak starting at a 12. Safara is going to start at a 9. And then let's roll for the Shadow Demon. Rolled a natural 1, so goes on a 4. It's good for us. And then let's see what the guards can do. A 19 and a 6. So guard number 1 will be the 19. Guard number 2 will be the 6. So guard number 1 is going to react first. I think it's more likely that he sees Iskander and Kagak approaching from that side of the battlefield. So he is going to draw his blade and is going to charge forward at one of them. The question is, which one is he going to charge at? So I am just going to roll a d6. If it's a 1 through 3, it goes after Iskander. If it's a 4 through 6, it goes after Kagak. 1 through 3 goes after Iskander. So guard number 1 is going to charge forward at Iskander. He's going to stab out with his spear. And here's his attack. 14 is going to miss. So Iskander laughs and knocks the spear aside. And it is... Kagak's turn. Kagak is going to take a single step forward, is going to queue up next to guard number one there, and is going to go ahead and attack with his great axe. And he gets a 25 to hit, which is a very palpable hit. D12 plus 4, 13 points of damage, and these guys do not have a whole lot of health. So he actually steps forward and cleaves the head off of guard number one and Iskander gets a spray of like blackish blood across his face and he just kind of laughs and revels in it as it is Safara's turn. Safara on the far side is going to draw forth her bow. She is going to go ahead and draw a bead on the shadow demon is going to Uh, cast Hunter's Mark on it, and then is going to attack with her bow. A 15 against the Shadow Demon is going to hit, but the Shadow Demon basically has resistance to all of their damage types, so I'm just going to go ahead and double their hit points so that I don't have to keep dividing all of the damage. So, Safara is going to do a d8 and a d6 worth of damage. It's going to be 4 plus 4 is 8 points of damage to the Shadow Demon. As it takes the first shot to its back and it kind of... And uh, she is going to kind of move around to position herself that she is far enough away that uh, it cannot move to her immediately. 
It's Iskander's turn, and he is going to charge up to guard number two, and he is going to take a swing with his greatsword. 20 is going to hit, and he's going to do 2d6 plus 5 points of damage. That is 6 plus 5 is 11, which is exactly the amount of damage that he needed to do. So he strikes down guard number 2, and then is going to take one more step forward, is going to bonus action cast his seal on the shadow demon, and then is going to make his second attack with his greatsword against the shadow demon, and is going to hit with a 24. He is going to go ahead and roll 2d6 worth of damage. He's not going to consume the seal yet. And it is going to be 13 points of damage against the Shadow Demon. So they have successfully cleared away the guards that were protecting the Shadow Demon. And now it is the Demon's turn. The Shadow Demon is going to uh, hiss and howl. And it is going to go ahead and attack um, with his claws with his magical claws and he is going to swipe at Iskander 19 is just a hit on Iskander so it's going to do 2d6 plus 3 psychic damage which is 6 plus 3 is 9 points of psychic damage as Iskander takes these incorporeal claws that rake through the vestiges of his soul And he winces in pain. And then the shadow demon is going to, because it is dark out, he is going to take his bonus action and attempt to hide as it moves away from Iskander. Iskander is going to get an opportunity attack on it, which a 12 is going to miss. So Iskander's head is, is rattled by this psychic attack and the shadow demon moves away and then is going to attempt to hide. So it is going to attempt some stealth. Roll to five, which I think is lower than everybody's passive perception. So it is not hidden as it moves a little bit away, but it does move far enough away that it is out of Kagak's reach with just one move. So that is the end of its turn. It is Kagak's turn. So he is going to move up to engage with the Shadow Demon, but because he had to move more than his 30 feet of movement in order to get there, he is not able to attack this round. It is Safara's turn. She is going to draw a bead and is going to take a shot with her bow 23 is going to hit and again she's going to do a d6 and a d8's worth of damage because of hunter's mark that is going to be 15 points of damage with the hunter's mark and again the shadow demon and it is iskander's turn he's going to take a moment to shake off that rattling like bones rattling in his mind and he's going to shake it off a little bit and then he is going to charge up to join Kagak in battle with the shadow demon and he is going to strike he's going to cast another seal with his bonus action 
And so he now has two active seals on this creature. He's going to make two attacks. 24 on both. Roll two 16s. And so he is going to hit with both. And then he is going to consume both seals. So it's going to be 46 damage and then 46 damage again. So the first damage is going to be 14, 19 points of damage. And then for the second one, is 22 points of damage. These painkillers do not mess around. As he swoosh, swoosh his greatsword a couple times and the shadow demon shrieks out in pain. And Iskander is going to consume both of those seals and is going to regain eight hit points. So that gives him a little bit, almost back up to full. It is the Shadow Demon's turn, and it is going to have to choose between whether it wants to attack Iskander or whether it wants to attack Kagak. So let's go ahead and roll the dice. A 1 to 3 is Iskander, and a 4 to 6 is Kagak. And he rolled a 6. So he's going to go after Kagak, but what he's going to do is he's actually going to move a little bit away, take a bonus action to try and hide again. So it's going to roll plus its dexterity. A 17, and Kagak and Iskander are going to try, and Safara are all going to try and perceive it. Iskander can't see it, Kagak can't see it, and Safara can't see it. So all three of them are unaware of where it is. It, so it is hidden, it is invisible to them, and it is going to move around and then appear and attack Kagak from behind. So that is going to give it advantage on this because it is hidden. And a 20 is going to hit. Because it's hidden, this is a Shadow Demon ability, it is going to deal 4d6 plus 3 psychic damage. So it comes in with a mighty, mighty blow, a middling blow. (laughs) I rolled a couple ones. So that is going to be 9, 10, 11, 14 points of psychic damage to Kagak. And Kagak is going to have to roll a constitution check to see if he loses a health level. He's good at those, but he fails. He fails with a 10. So he is going to lose a health level as the psychic damage almost drives him to his knees as he's like, ah, no, get out of my head, demon. And he is just struggling, trying to regain his footing. And it is his turn. So he's going to try and shake that off. He's going to turn and try and strike at the shadow demon with his great axe once more. And a 14 is going to hit. And that is going to be seven points of slashing damage as he strikes at the shadow demon. The shadow demon recoils a little bit, and it is Safara's turn. She's a little bit blocked by Kagak, and... Because of the like dim light and the like torches and stuff, she's going to have to move a little bit over and a little bit closer in order to draw a bead. And she is going to fire with her bow. It's a good thing that the moonlight is out. Otherwise, they would be in complete darkness and they would be rolling everything at disadvantage. So Safara is going to take her shot. 
She's going to hit with a 22. I've been rolling really well for these guys. And she is going to roll her D6 and D8 for her Hunter's Mark damage. That is 11, 15 points of damage. And this Shadow Demon is starting to dissipate in pieces as the arrow passes through it. Some of its form begins to lose shape and dissipate into the night. And it is Iskander's turn. He is going to look at the Shadow Demon now that it has revealed itself when it attacked Kagak. And he is going to step over to it. And then he is going to cast another seal as his bonus action. That's his fourth out of five seals for the day. And he is going to say, Go back, demon. Go back from where you came. Trouble these lands no more. And he is going to strike twice with his greatsword. Natural 20 on one of the attacks and a 24 on the other attack. So we are going to go ahead and roll 46 for the crit. That is going to be 19 points of damage. And then he is going to consume the seal and is going to roll 4d6 damage for the rest for that second hit. 18 points of damage, and the Shadow Demon had 16 left. So he says these words, he swings the greatsword across the Shadow Demon's chest. It gushes this weird, almost incorporeal ichor that sprays out across Iskander and Kagak. And then as the creature raises back its head and howls, he brings the greatsword around and chops its head off. And the shadow demon, the general of this army of Galdorath, falls. The battle's not yet over. So let's find out how the rest of this battle goes for the soldiers of the Dagaran Empire. Now, I think because the general of the enemy army has been slain, and because they knew they were coming, they're fighting under moonlight, so they're not completely at a disadvantage. Obviously, they've got torches and and whatnot to give them light as well. I think it is very likely that they carry the day. We've got a 7 on our chaos factor. Very likely that they carry the day. 46, yes, they carry the day. So the forces of the Dagaran Empire, under the leadership of General Aiden Varnas, are able to rout the army of Galdorath and send them fleeing back towards the north. They pursue a little ways as they continue to strike down some of the foes. And then at a certain point, General Varnas calls a halt and withdraws his army back towards Samoria, confident in his victory. Now I have one other question here, which is, Safara joined that last battle. She didn't necessarily have to, but she did. So, does this change Iskander's perspective of her? Does he no longer think that she's a coward? And I think it is... Unlikely that it changes his opinion, 
In fact, I might even go so far as to say it's very unlikely that it changes his opinion. I don't see him as the sort who changes his opinion all that quickly. So we're going to say it's unlikely that this changes his opinion. 95 is an exceptional no. (laughs) In fact, not only does it not change his opinion, but it in fact further enrages him because now he feels as though she has attempted to come in and steal the glory from those who were doing the hard work, meaning he and Kagak, and he is incensed by this. As it stands right now, we know the outcome of the battle, but let's just imagine the battle hasn't ended yet. He and Kagak are standing side by side over the dissipated form of this shadow demon, and Safara is standing on the other side of the battlefield, not too far away from them, and is breathing heavily. Is Iskander going to do something about it now? Is he going to strike her down in this moment? I think it is likely that he is going to do something. I think he has held on to the grudge of her abandoning him to the orcs, and he is ready to do what needs to be done. So I think it is likely that he will do something. Chaos factor of 7 with a 31 is a yes. Yes, he's going to. So they're all breathing a little bit heavily, and Iskander is going to look at Safara and is going to walk towards her. She, I think, is wary as she is studying him. Let's, in fact, let's let her roll an insight check on him. I'm going to say the difficulty is going to be 12 because I feel like he is fairly good at hiding his emotion, but she can be a little bit perceptive about this because she knows that there might be something coming. So she is going to go ahead and roll that insight check and she got a 13. She can see the murder in his eyes as he starts to approach and she says... Sir Vilquist, don't. And she raises her bow and draws it back. And Iskander stops for a moment, side by side with Kagak. And Kagak says, what is this about? And Iskander turns to him and says, it is a personal matter between Safara and myself. No need for you to get involved, my friend. Kagak, looking back and forth between the two of them, says, there is a battle still going on around us. We should not be fighting amongst ourselves. And Iskander says, I have a debt that's owed. And Safara, raising the the bow and holding it taut, she says, I don't want to fight you, Vilquist. I don't want to fight you today. I just want to go home. I just want to live through the day. We don't have to do this. I think Kagak rests a hand on Iskander's shoulder and says, There is a time to satisfy one's grievances. In the middle of a battlefield, it is not. The time will come for you to get what you believe you are due. But do not let it be here. 
does Kagak's words impact Iskander to the point where he sets aside this grievance for the moment? I'm going to say it is 50-50. Chaos rank of 7. 13 is an exceptional yes. Iskander lowers his greatsword onto his shoulder, turns to Kagak and says, I did not realize when we met that you would be so wise. Very well. And he turns to Safara and says, This is not finished between us, but I will listen to my friend here, and I will let this pass for today. Now, go, return to your forces, and I will return to mine, and let us finish this battle against our enemies. And perhaps someday soon, you and I will finish this. And then Iskander is going to turn and walk away. The battle continues around them. They engage in melee for you know several hours into the dawning light as the army of Galdorath is broken and sent retreating back to the north. And that is the end of our scene. As the sun dawns on the day following the battle, Iskander Vilquist, Knight of the Amber Scale, stands out front of General Varness's tent. He enters, and the general is seated within. General Varness looks up and says, Sir Vilquist, I understand you're leaving us today. Iskander nods and says, It would appear my work here is done for now. I believe, General, the Emperor will have no concern about your leadership going forward. Varnas seems almost visibly relieved as he leans back in his chair and says, I appreciate that, Vilquist. You're a good knight. Glad you were out here when we needed you. Safe travels on the road. Iskander smiles and says, My travels are rarely safe. But I do believe this will not be the last time you and I meet. It has been a pleasure, General. I hope that your fight against Galdoroth continues to go as well as it has. The general stands and extends a hand. Iskander looks at the hand for a moment and almost doesn't take it. But then he steps forward, grips the general's hand, shakes it firmly, and then steps back. As Iskander is turning to leave the tent, the general says, One more thing. Sir Vilquist. Iskander stops and looks back at him. General Varnas says, Scout Safara is a good scout. I would be sad to lose her. Iskander smiles a little bit and says, I don't think you have to worry about that today, General. And then he leaves the tent. Iskander leads his horse out of the camp and towards the road. As he does so, he sees a small camp of orcs on the other side of the road, away from the city, but also underneath its protective gaze. As he is walking down the road, Kagak, war leader, comes out to greet him. Kagak says, Iskender. It has been an honor to fight by your side. 
I am almost sad to see you leave. Iskander smiles and claps the larger orc on the shoulder and says, It has been my pleasure as well. I did not think when we faced off that we could become such fast friends, but so it has come to pass. I wish you and your tribe well, and should you need anything, you can have the general send word to me. I would be happy to return some day and assist you and your tribe. You have helped to make my task here much easier. Kagak laughs and goes, <laughs> Yes, I would like to fight beside you once again. Iskander Vilquist, human. <laughs> I did not think I would find a human friend in these lands. Perhaps chimes are changing. Iskander again smiles a little bit and says, The times are always changing, Kagak war leader. It has been an honor, but I must go. My duties call me away. Kagak nods and says, I understand. It was good to meet you, Iskander. It was good to fight by your side. I trust the gods will bring us together again. Iskander nods and then turns and leaves the camp. He is walking his horse down the road a little bit more when he sees a group of scouts ride by. At their head is a copper-scaled dragonborn. He looks at her, and she looks at him. Their eyes meet, and there is no peace between them. But they pass each other by, and there will be no blood shed on this road today. Iskander mounts his horse, urges it into a trot, and rides away from Samoria on the road back to the Imperial City. Thanks for listening to Errant Adventures. If you enjoyed the show, please tell your friends. Tell anyone you can. Shout it from the rooftops, even. And if you haven't already, please go ahead and rate and review the show on your favorite podcast app. It really does help others find me. If you want to interact with me, my handle on Instagram and Twitter is at ErrantSolopod, or you can email me at ErrantSolopod at gmail.com. I also post short fiction and campaign-related materials on my website, errantadventurespod.com. Thanks again for listening, and I'll see you next time.